Welcome to Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. Merging sacred sexuality, spirituality, and soul with truth, love, wisdom, and beauty. I'm your host, Elise Carr. Are you ready to come journey with me? Hi, stunning souls, and welcome to Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. I'm your host, Elise Carr, and it's a joy to be here with you today sharing this topic. If it's your first time, welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you journeying with us. And if you're coming back, hi, my friends. Awesome that you're here again to share this as well. Now, today, I want to talk to you about something that really isn't talked about very much, and you might not even think it's that much of a big deal. But I'd like to think after our journey, you will realize just how intertwined these are with your life and how you live and how you choose to show up in the world, even seeing a connection to your actual purpose and reason d'être, your reason for being here in this world. I want to talk to you about spiritual values that you can live by, some values you already probably do live by. But are they the right values? So we're going to dive into this and much more. But as always, I can't explore everything to detail and it definitely can't be entirely personalized to you and your unique journey and where you are right now in the world. So if something speaks to you today or perhaps you're just in a space where you can really do with some guidance, spiritual and psychological counsel, then I'm here for you and you're welcome to reach out to me at elise at stellamuse.com to explore how we can work together one-on-one wherever you are in the world. Now, when it comes to spiritual values, they aren't often spoken of in conversation, though you do demonstrate them with how you speak, what you do, and how you act, and even the thoughts you have. And even if you aren't fully conscious of your own values, you are still either governed in part by them or are neglecting them and governed by someone else's values you've taken on. When it comes to living a conscious life and walking a spiritual path with integrity and honesty, humility and selflessness, and by that I'm saying truly walking the path, we need to not only be aware of spiritual values, but work at aligning ourselves with them, embodying them, living them as our truth. This is like a commitment to your higher self, a commitment to all fellow humanity, and a commitment to source, however you call that, God, divinity, all that is. It is in this simple yet profoundly deep, dynamic and life-changing commitment that you can truly find your purpose in the world, knowing that no matter what life I place before you, you have your spiritual values, like a north star shining on the darkest of nights, lighting your path toward the dawn of a new day. These spiritual values are to inspire the conscience and the consciousness of those of us ready, able and willing to serve this world, however that may look. And essentially create a better way of life for today and tomorrow. Blaise Pascal said, Truth is so obscure in these times, and falsehood so established 
that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. So let's start with this incredible spiritual value first. The spiritual value which is a love of truth. Not only seeking truth, but truly wanting to move closer and closer to truth is essential. It's essential for a just, inclusive and progressive society. But truth is a tricky one, right? Do you want to hear the truth? Can you handle the truth, as some may say? There are some of us who prefer the bliss of ignorance and the comfort of their bubble, but that is not the way of the spiritual, conscious or sacred life. To love truth, you are asked to both open mind and open heart. You also must be able to use discernment of what is and isn't true. You have to be able to see and know the difference between the illusory nature of the shadows of the unreal and the light of what is truly real. And also be able to discriminate between what is true and what is not. So by that I mean to recognise and understand the difference between the two. Because sometimes those pretty, shiny, appealing illusions make it seem so real. Using discernment and discrimination in this context helps you scratch that veneer or pull back the pretty curtain and expose what appears to be real, really is. Or is it just a fancy shot window with something entirely different going on behind the scenes? One of the earliest prayers of all time is found in the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad. And it says, Lead us, O Lord, from death to immortality, from darkness to light, from the unreal to the real. This prayer is written to the Supreme Being, Brahman, and it echoes a cry that has ceaselessly flowed from the human spirit through all ages and all faiths and beliefs. And it's a cry for the hidden truth to be revealed. Because ultimately, we are hungry for truth. We want to know the answers to our simplest and most complex questions. We want to understand and learn and grow towards the light. Though this modern world we live in has cynically been called the post-truth world, you may agree or disagree. But we could propose that same Christ spoken of in the Upanishad is still current today. Only now it's taken on a fresh immediacy and relevance, especially when we look at fake news or even sensationalised reporting, or from corrupt governments to how people even portray themselves on dating apps to social media content, and even how they are with themselves. It's quite a question to ask today, but it's one we need to ask, and that is, what is true? And what is fiction or false? The Ethical Journalism Network, EJN, has a definition for fake news, and that is information deliberately fabricated and published with the intention to deceive and mislead others into believing falsehoods 
or doubting verifiable facts. This is the polar opposite of any spiritual value, especially of a love of truth. But unfortunately, it's global and we are far from its end. But we can strive to strengthen our discernment and discrimination and rely on our own faculties to make wiser choices before we react or respond to such illusion and falsehood. I share this as just something to muse on in your own time and perhaps when you're next scrolling social media. Thomas Jefferson was quoted saying, Honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. So I want to pause here and ask you, do you love truth? Do you seek the truth? Do you live a life of truth? This isn't easy. For if the picture you are viewing or even constructing of the world isn't true, how can your reasoning, your thoughts, reactions and actions be true? Simply, they can't. Thus, you need a touchstone, something to distinguish truth from falsehood and illusion from. What is that for you? Where do you go? How far back do you follow a thread to reach a point of truth? Or do you just take things for face value because they feel right or make you feel good? Or they just seem to align up with what you already believe so that's enough for you? You don't dig deeper or question or contemplate or ask? Let's take any given argument or conversation you're in, for example. When you have a point of view, you appeal to your basic assumptions on a matter. These are what shape your argument, your view of the world. When these are threatened, you likely react to defend them. For if they don't uphold, neither do you and your vision of reality. This brings us an insight, though, that the basic human assumptions are part of what we identify with. When we're defending a truth or a belief, etc., we're actually defending ourselves. These truths we attach ourselves to are merely mental constructs with strong emotions tied to them. You can see this when you witness a heated discussion, debate or argument between people. You've likely been in the same situation on more than one occasion yourself. Your emotions are more likely than not involved. And so are your assumptions of the matter, your beliefs and thoughts. And since it is the strong emotional charge here that amplifies the mental construct, and emotions being like clouds floating by across the sky, pushed along by an invisible wind changing with the slightest pressure with time. You cannot also see, just like clouds, that you too change your version of what is true. How can your truth be constant when it is mental and emotional and neither of these are constant? Both are in a process of change and ideally evolution. Expanding reforming, increasing capacity, capability, accessibility, sensitivity, and ability to function also. Your version or slice of the truth does change as you change. Maybe you learn more and can now better understand a different aspect, 
shifting your narrow perspective on a subject. Perhaps through greater truth, you learn better and then you can do better as a result. We just need to be open-minded and open-hearted enough to know that our version of truth as we know it is only a fraction of all that is. Like only seeing a tiny corner of an entire painting and believing we know all there is to know of the artwork. When we think of the magnitude of all there is to know and all there is to know that hasn't even been discovered yet, we almost know nothing. It's humbling, isn't it? For some of us at least. Or frustrating or too much work for others. So they stay in that blissful, ignorant bubble, taking the easier option. But any part of life involves work. You don't want this to deter you from embracing what you do believe to be true in your heart and mind in this point in time, at this stage of your growth and life experience. So, forward you stride with the love of truth carried with you like a touchstone to reach for when you may feel off path. Or if you're becoming rigid or crystallised or set in your ways and flexible, You especially check in with your spiritual values of truth then too. Keeping that humble awareness in mind that even if you move closer to truth, it is not the truth. As there is no finality to truth, it evolves and grows as your demand for light grows. When you are in alignment with your spiritual values, including a love of truth. It is part of you. It truly does become that guiding north star. As H.P. Blavatsky said, there is no religion higher than truth. I can't agree more. If you are seeking more on truth, you may also enjoy my episode on the Four Noble Truths, which is episode 27. And if you are a truth seeker, you're likely also a crusader for justice. And this is our next value, a sense of justice. This is a recognition of the rights and needs of all, not dissimilar to social justice reached by spiritual means or even justice as a spiritual quality. When you think of justice, you may think of what is just, right and true, but also you may think of equality, something that has been a cultural, political and social hot topic for generations of humanity. From a spiritual perspective, if we can see all unified like a luminous web of life, we can come to realise the truth that all is indeed one. But through the ages and even today, Equality is not being demonstrated and lived as a spiritual value. From unequal pay between women and men for the same work, to the mistreatment and suppression of minority groups, and even the lack of distribution of the world's wealth and resources between nations or cities or villages, between people. While more of us can vote... And movements like Me Too and Time's Up are leading the way in a new wave of equality. We're still not there entirely yet. Having a sense of justice 
means you seek equality in all you do, the choices you make, the way you use your vote, your voice, your money, your social media platforms, in conversation and connections with everyone you meet. With this sense of justice, what comes hand in hand is embracing and embodying harmlessness to all. As you've likely heard me say before, this means harmlessness in all your thoughts, words and speech, actions and behaviour. Not only for yourself, but to all. For when we are harmless, we are not judging or criticising, not acting with prejudice, but quite the opposite. We're coming from a place of loving kindness, compassion, humility, and non-judgment. We're moving closer to a just way of living. Even when you look at the astrological sign Libra, also known as the balance depicted by the scales, or of a lady justice, the personification of moral force in judicial systems holding the scales. They symbolise our striving for equilibrium, for balance, for the middle way where you and I and all of us stand in the centre of all that is, neither leaning one way or the other, but perfectly harmonised and poised on middle ground. To embrace this spiritual value, we must develop a sense of values and the power to use our analytical mind especially. This includes using our mind and values to fairly balance the feminine and masculine of the world, particularly with gender equality, and also our treatment of what we call Mother Earth, the physical manifestation of the feminine principle. Interestingly, The astrological sign of Libra also governs the legal profession, holding the balance between so-called right and wrong for the people. We all have a choice. We are here to make the choice which leads between the two great lines of force. And as conscious, awakened spiritual beings, walk the middle way of harmony and balance. You might want to ask yourself, Am I upholding the sense of justice in my life, in my thoughts, words, and actions? How I behave with friends and with people of a different gender, race, religion, preference, or even ideas and thoughts to me? Do I seek justice only for myself or my loved ones or only my country or for all? Am I inclusive? Or am I separative? When you start to ask yourself these questions, you begin to follow the thread further along your conscious or spiritual path, where it will at some point lead you to an unmissable development of a sense of personal responsibility. And I say this because it's the next spiritual value, a sense of personal responsibility. Now, this stretches beyond your own self and extends to the group, to community and national affairs, even humanity as a collective and the world at large. Does this mean you have to carry the weight of the entire world? No, my friend, but you can carry part of it. 
for we are here to each contribute to the world we live in. When you adopt a sense of personal responsibility and hold yourself accountable for your behaviour and actions, your thoughts and feelings, you can begin to see how you shape not only your day-to-day life, but also the ripple effect that these choices you make have on those around you. Partners, children, family, friends, your community, the area or city you live in, the planet. It's not just what you do, it's how you do it. When it comes to this truth, it doesn't just stop at what you can see with your eyes, for energy follows thought. Nothing you do, feel, say or think occurs without a counter-occurrence. All is energy, and you are responsible for all that you are creating, even if you are unaware or unconscious to it. The aim is, however, to strive to become fully conscious and adapt accordingly. This is a process. It is something to work on and commit to. It will come easier some days and be more challenging to be conscious and aware on other days. But you step up, you show up, and commit to taking personal responsibility. This extends then beyond the self-focus to taking a personal responsibility in that which is an extension of you, or that which is around you or impacting you and thus all of us. None of us are islands after all, right? From stopping the use of single-use plastic and using less water, to shopping local or buying organic food and products, to then watching the words you speak when you're feeling upset or angry, or thoughts you have when someone cuts you off in traffic. You are responsible for all of you. You are responsible for all of you. How does that make you feel? Do you feel good about how you are on a day-to-day basis? How you're contributing? The choices you're making in this time of climate crisis? The way you talk to people? The way you talk to people when maybe you're not feeling great or you're frustrated or somehow they've upset you or triggered you? How about the way you treat your body? How do you feel about that? Are you holding yourself responsible and then taking right and just actions to move closer in alignment with your truth at this time? It's a work in progress, my friend, because you are a work in progress. But unless you check in and assess each area of your life, things can slip through the cracks, and they will slip through the cracks especially since we are creatures of habit who all too easily fall into patterns and habits, even addictions that don't serve us and indeed don't serve others. So if nothing else right now, just ask yourself, am I taking responsibility for my life? When you start becoming more aware and acting on your personal responsibilities. You realise more and more this life isn't just about me and my wants, even if I think they're spiritual or good. 
Instead, you begin to extend yourself too, even further. And you extend yourself now to the next value. And this spiritual value is a spirit of cooperation. This is based on active goodwill and the principle of human rights. We call this right human relationships. Through right human relationships, we develop a sense of selfless service, what we call esoterically as love, because selfless service is actually known as love. This is love with a big L, the pure, true love that is brought to life by serving others. When we cooperate, we are operating as a united collective. Just think of you know, a time maybe where you came together with others to fix or build, create, help, plan, celebrate, share. There's something incredible, powerful, good, true, beautiful, perhaps even magical in the spirit of cooperation that you would have already experienced in your life. Even when you look at people around you, perhaps those who have achieved something that you may think is incredible or successful, wow, they are so talented. They too have achieved what they have through a spirit of cooperation. For we do not work alone. We are helped, assisted, supported, guided, inspired, healed, nourished, loved, educated, mentored, trained, encouraged by others. We can even say beyond that, by something greater. Call that source, God, universe, the powers that be. While there may be one person at the front, the face or the voice or the leader even, they are there contributing their role to the entire collaboration of synergy, harmony and joint effort of the team who worked together. While some people choose to cooperate for personal gain, the spirit of cooperation as a true spiritual value is one that does so for the good of all. It is from this place that the many can receive what they need, not just one or the few. As you know to be true, we aren't in this for the me. We're in this for the we. That is why the final spiritual value I want to share is serving the common good, which is what we achieve through the sacrifice of selfishness. Only what is good for all is good for each one. Just imagine if that was a truth we all lived by. If education is good for one, it's good for everyone. If clean water, proper waste removal, fresh food from the earth and fair trade is good for one country and its citizens, it is good for all. If you can just close your eyes even for a moment and visualise this, the distribution of all there is shared between to serve the common good, knowing within your heart and mind and your very soul that serving the common good is how we reach a point, a place we all long to know, and that place is peace. What a world that would be to live, to thrive, to enjoy and to share in if we all walked the path of selfless service, which, as we said, 
is the path of true love, we could all experience this peace. That is why a true spiritual, conscious or sacred path is one of service, of giving, not just taking, of sharing, not squandering. I encourage you to ask yourself, are you motivated by selfish desire or spiritual aspiration? Do you see service as love? Do you serve daily in some capacity? And have you noticed the joy that comes from doing so? In a conscious world, upon this spiritual path, we are all on a quest. A quest for synthesis, for unity, for group oneness, an ultimate coming together. I see this like one giant luminous fabric of humanity lighting each other up and together illuminating the world. Yes, a world of peace, a world of truth and love and wisdom and beauty, a world alive with spiritual values. But even the process of spiritual evolution has been described as one work. The way to get there, the path you take is unique indeed, but the purpose is one and the same. It requires work. The Agni Yoga teaching often mentioned the central importance and the joy of labour. The key, as I trust you'll find for yourself, is that this work we commit to on the path is not for oneself alone, but for the common good of all. It is here we can see the power and connection to world service, to being world servers of this new age, a topic I dive deep into in episode 24. If we are open-minded and open-hearted enough to expand our truth and all our values to be ones of spiritual nature, we will connect. We will delve into self-realization. We will better know thyself and all the better to live a conscious life that serves the many so together we can rise as one. Now the path there requires patience persistence, intelligent compassion and indeed your free will applied daily to a common goal. But what is more worthy than striving for something real and true, something good and beautiful, something of love, particularly in a world where today there is so much falsehood and illusion? So I say to you, May your thirst for a love of truth, a sense of justice, a sense of personal responsibility, a spirit of cooperation, and serving the common good be quenched. And may you share the water you carry with all. Thank you for joining me today as we took this journey into spiritual values. I trust perhaps they've ignited or reignited a spark in you, maybe made you question, maybe it's something you'll sit with and contemplate, maybe be aware of in your next heated discussion that you have. Because all your thoughts, all your feelings, all your actions are important. You're shaping your world. You're shaping this world. And you can influence and impact people in such amazing ways. It's the power that you have as one individual. So imagine that 
and how that's already having an effect. And then imagine if we all wake up and start being a little bit more conscious and start shifting our values to a spiritual place, the kind of impact we can have together as a collective. That's where I'd love us to go. And I'm pretty sure we can do it. We just got to do it together, each doing our bit of work day by day. If today resonated with you and you would like to know more, perhaps have someone there to guide you spiritually and psychologically deeper into your world and where you're at right now, you're welcome to reach out to me at elise at stellamuse.com to explore how we can work together one-on-one wherever you are in the world. If you feel this podcast is something you do enjoy, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. And maybe today's episode even spoke to you and made you think of a friend or a loved one. If so, forward it on to them. Because sharing is caring, my friend. It's how we help each other, right? No one stands alone. We aren't islands on this journey. We're here to support each other, help each other grow and thrive and live fully and ideally live fully through spiritual values. Until next time, please take wonderful care of you. And I look forward to connecting with you real soon, right here on Sacred Guidance with Stella Muse. Mwah.